Let's go. Okay. Tonight on Rogue Padron, Single Dad Akbar AU. Why does everyone want to go back to Kessel? Way of the House Hans Bind, which is a anime joke that no one else appreciates. Second is <laughs> and the soul of the rebellion. I know I know what Way of the House Husband is. Oh great. Thank you. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue six standing by. Rogue seven standing by. Rogue nine standing by. Rogue three standing by. Welcome to Season 23, Mission 3, Episode 178 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we'll be going over Jedi Academy Trilogy Book 2, Dark Apprentice, Chapters 15, nope, Chapters 11 through 15 by Kevin J. Anderson. But before that, here's a quick reminder of your hosts. If Danny, Rogue Six, was a food competition show, they would be MasterChef Junior because Danny is very kind to kids who are trying and learning. But then very mean to adults who are not. Danny also just took a giant bite of (laughs) (laughs) and cannot. I was looking at my notes and not just read. (laughs) Good intro, thank you. (laughs) Good work, everybody. Ten out of (laughs) ten. Ash Rogue Nine would be the Food Network Challenge series because it's always making some huge showpieces or builds from various foods. And Ash has the skills to just look at a pile of like whatever and make something impressive out of it. That's so true. Uh, Heath Rogue Three would be Great British Bake Off because it's the kind, low key aesthetic and like smile and slow nod camaraderie that exists after you have sometimes literal meltdown. God, I love that show. It's great. Saf Rogue 7 would be chopped because there's always a fun, weird surprise, but it always ends up working out great and being a star. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like me. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be Triple G Guys Grocery Games because (laughs) I, too, just want to spend all my time hanging out with my friends in an amazing grocery store. Um... And bonus, if Rogue Padron was a food competition show, we would be the original Iron Chef because that show was unapologetically over the top and thrived because of it. (laughs) I was feeling really nice last week when I wrote these. Yeah, honestly, I was half expecting to be nailed it because of just pure chaos. (laughs) No. You know what we should do sometime? We should should all five of us do the like 24-hour grocery store challenge. What is that? What is that? This was like a thing that went viral like ten years ago when the youths were a little bit younger. Um, or no, I guess I guess it was the youths then are older now. Anyway, so like when I was in high school, got it. Like when YouTube was a thing, um, and, <laughs> and where where you'd like go into like a Walmart or a superstore, or a grocery store, or something, and see if you could stay there for twenty four hours and not get kicked out. And so like during the day is pretty manageable, but. You know, the fun part is like, where are they going to hide when they close the store down? And are they going to get caught? Oh, I was going to be like, we don't have 24 hour supermarkets here, but that makes sense. You just sneak in. Okay. Oh. Oh, I, yeah, I assumed they were going to like a 24 hour. Yeah. Like, I thought we were just going to the. Then you just find the furniture section and like get comfy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'm too old for that challenge. Yeah, I'm not going to jail. (laughs) <laughs> something that Rogue Pod would have done in our younger we're a geriatric Star Wars podcast now. <laughs> yeah we were too old for that shit now I don't, yeah. I don't have 24 hours to spare for this <laughs> yeah that's a really good point <laughs> we're almost 200 episodes old it's, uh... 
<laughs> but if any listeners want to wanna do it, <laughs> please document it and tag us. <laughs> yeah. That's Speaking of things, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm great. Speaking of things, you should document and tag us in. I have a question about Star Wars. Oh. Um, I had one earlier this week, and I was like, "Gonna save that." Gone now, completely. Um, so Kenobi's coming out really soon, <laughs> yeah, and um, I have been reminded of the helicopter lightsaber's existence. So my Star Wars question for you is: What is the the, the fucking stupidest lightsaber you can think of off the top of your head? One that ignites in reverse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it goes backwards. It goes backwards, like into you. Yeah. That does suck. Couldn't you just flip it around? Yeah, but no. if you if you like steal it from someone and you turn it on, you you're don't fine. know. Uh, That's actually pretty okay. smart, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying I mean, to. I, I was I, so I wanted like the first thing that I think of. So I was like, "What are things that I hold?" Uh, and all I could think of was my cell phone, which is pretty sad commentary on 2022. But uh, but so how about like a lightsaber app where but the lightsaber like actually comes out of your phone. Oh. So it's like flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't see why. You can, like I dice things with that, like, you know? It can come straight out of the screen, maybe. <laughs> Christ. I want a lightsaber that is only that's a top to uh, like attached to the top of a guitar and will only ignite if you're playing the guitar. <laughs> oh my god, that's sick. That's the switch. It's activated by sick riffs. Yeah. I mean. There's... Changes colors based on the riff that you're yeah. playing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's something akin to that in Jujutsu Kaisen, um, but of course, of course, there is. <laughs> <laughs> What's the stupidest lightsaber that you could think of? It's in an anime. <laughs> uh, I think just like <laughs> I don't. I truly don't know. I'm just trying to think of things that like already create light. Um, <laughs> or like uh, your is there like an extra headlight setting so it's like normal bright <laughs> on your light car? <laughs> 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 like shoots out. <laughs> See, when you first said that, I was thinking of like a headlamp, which would also be pretty badass. Like you take camping. Yeah, and but stuff. like headlight, like the, uh, the, the car. car. Okay, got it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having those at the back of my car so like people have a safe following distance. Yeah, me. they don't kill you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brake lights. <laughs> lights like, if you gotta lights. fucking tailgate me, you're gonna get impaled. So it sucks yeah. for you. <laughs> I think mine would be if they ever tried to make lightsabers into like outside of the helicopter lightsaber, like something you ride. <laughs> like a broomstick? <laughs> like like it took a, it took a lot of self restraint for George Lucas to not make the witches of Dathomir fly around on lightsabers. Yeah, yeah, you're really right there. Yeah, Fuck, and that would, be funny. that would be really stupid. And I'm glad he didn't do it. And I hope they never do it because it would be stupid. Well, nobody else would do that except for George Lucas. I feel. Yeah, yeah. He's like a um, weird enough, and he doesn't care enough. Just like lightsaber, like hover bikes, like the mm. yeah. <laughs> they just stick out. <laughs> you go to a skate yeah, park and it's just people riding lightsabers around. Still have another lightsaber. No, I hate that. It. I truly hate that. Or like rollerblades. There's <laughs> <laughs> like roller derby, but I changed my an- I changed my answer to rollerblades that have lightsabers sticking out the back. <laughs> <laughs> that they, they like propels you forward every time you ignite it. Oh fuck yeah. That. That would be fucking useless in ice skating, though. <laughs> that would be yeah. hilarious. <laughs> you're you're correct. Both of you are correct. If you want to die, uh, put lightsabers on your ice skate. Water bottle lightsaber! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, you got the lid that twists. It twists one way, and it opens, it twists the other way. And just... yeah. So you gotta make sure you remember uh, Lefty Lucy, righty tighty, or else you're fucked. That's just like a general rule for all lightsabers, I feel like. <laughs> Remember which way turns it on. Yeah, you think you have a backwards lightsaber, but you're just fucking holding it upside down. Yeah, instead of a button, lightsabers that have like a twist. 
to his table. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it, it Ooh, what's the a shake away, shake away, shake away lightsaber? Oh my god! It's like it's like those oh. fucking torches that you shake to like charge up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, your lightsaber starts to sputter out. You go, you're like, hang on, stick out, I gotta shake this up. Wait, a lightsaber no, shake away? I'm obsessed with lightsaber shake <laughs> The gestures that we're making. I'm truly obsessed That's with exactly lightsaber what you're shake away. Listeners, like there. And if anyone had one, it was Darth Maul. He was using oh, yeah. with two uh, hands. That's how he got so ripped. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make a gif of his lightsaber going back and forth. <laughs> you don't need to do that. No, you do. Especially like before, like Duel of the Face, when it co- when it like first reveals the second blade. He's shaking in sync to Duel of the Face. <laughs> oh, now I wish I was recording the video. Oh. <laughs> Patreon exclusive. All of us making the lightsaber shaking motion. Use your imaginations. It's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> you exactly a lightsaber in each hand, you know? It's it's less the hand gesture, it's more the face Heath was making as he was shaking the lightsaber. But I'm just like, that's what I want to remember here. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> you were just like you're concentrating so hard on shaking your lightsaber. <laughs> oh, I think that's a great amount of chaos to start this episode. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, let's. <laughs> that's just, a great amount. Of... Let's just cut it there. We're not gonna. Yeah, we're done tonight. No, good night, everybody. It's a great okay. amount of camels to start this episode on. Chaos. Chaos. Oh, chaos. There are no camels. I was trying to figure out the connection. My accent? Is that how the accent? No, we heard it. We heard you say chaos. Okay, okay. How the fuck does my accent put me in? We all heard it. You know what? You know what? I really want to quickly shout out um, our flag means death because apparently everyone now is a hot story starby. Disgusting. Terrible choice. (laughs) But on the other hand, he looks like Joseph from Dream Daddy. He is not He is the epitome he's the epitome of new zealand cringe like he's <gasps> anyways the good thing about it is that apparently people now think that my accent's really hot because he's got like a pretty strong accent so i'm like all right you know at least something good is coming my the way one thing that. you can say you can get from Moose Darby. shout yeah. out to our friends that are flag means death yeah Taika Waititi, Any, anyone else want to personal friend yeah. <laughs> Anyone else have shout outs they want to give before we start? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out to uh... <laughs> also in um, Our Flag Means Death. Because uh, isn't, um, I only barely watched some of the episodes while Maya was here. Isn't uh, Leslie Jones? Yeah, isn't Leslie Jones in it? Anyway, shout out to her for making fun of Geller that one time on Twitter. <laughs> That's right, I forgot about that. Oh man, Never that was great. Forget her roasted Geller and his sconces. <laughs> his fucking sconces. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, okay, anyway, now I'm... fandom yeah. history. <laughs> okay, now I'm here. Okay, <sighs> chapter eleven: Dark Academy Trilogy, Dark Apprentice. Akbar takes eight jumps on a borrowed B-wing to Anoth where Winter and Anakin Solo are. Anoth itself is made up of three large fragments orbiting a center of mass. The two large pieces have a poisonous atmosphere, but the third, most distant fragment, is where Akbar, Luke, and Winter have set up their secret home. Uh, there's just a line that says Akbar's big frame. This is my big fish man. Um, Akbar sends a message to Winter, to let her know of his impending arrival, but doesn't answer her questions about like, what the fuck are you doing here? He practices what he's going to tell her about the whole, about the whole ordeal, which is extremely relatable. <laughs> so I know we've talked extensively about Wackbar in the past, but is this the first time in Rogue Podron canon where we are actually getting to witness these two interact? I'm gonna be honest, y'all. I yes, thought yes. So and I feel like I was reading this chapter and I was like, wait a second. Yeah, I, I'm like. <laughs> Real. Yeah, it was safe. Yep. Yeah, I'm feeling. I thought. I thought we just made up the joke, but while I was reading this, I was like, "Okay, no. all right, this I is know, good." This feeling is great. the Wackbar energy in this chilies tonight. 
Yeah. yeah, no, Wackbar is real, and there's art, there's canonic, well, no, no longer canon, but, like, at the time. Legendonical. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, like, I'm sure I've seen the, uh, I just thought it was someone photoshopping. No, that's real, baby. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy that. shit. That's the real thing. I feel like I've had, like, a come to Jesus moment or something. That's like, how I knew our love was possible. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's why it's important to see yourself in media. Yeah! Hyper <laughs> competent in love with a fish man. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that's very big. Uh, so, Anath is in a perpetual gothic purple twilight, which is Fucking the people. perfect place for emo Akbar. <laughs> oh, shit, you're totally right. Oh, my God. Um... Bum, bum, bum. Crying, crying <laughs> as he flies his B-Wing. Akbar was very excited um, Akbar... about Chemical Romance releasing a new song. Oh, he's so psyched. When yeah. I was a young fish, <laughs> my father took me to Mon Calamari <laughs> to see Max yeah, Rebo's band. Me. I keep going. <laughs> so Akbar has always felt a close attachment to Anakin Solo, so he came goodbye to say he came to say goodbye before he retires to Moncala. That's so cute. Oh, and he's good with kids. Ooh, my single he's dad so Akbar. Akbar just this take isn't kid, a tag that kid. It'll end up better for everybody. Single just dad. <laughs> single take dad. Take the kid in winter and run. It's not a tag that exists on AO3, but it's about to be. <laughs> uh, and there's there's inner monologue uh, for Akbar that says, even for a human, she, Winter, looked strikingly distinctive to Akbar. <laughs> uh, Winter just listens to his story while he eats. Baby Anakin on his lap. Just there's so a comma doing there. a lot of work in that sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she doesn't judge him or blink that much. Uh, just, like a fish. Like yeah. a fish. Yeah. She's, um, she's trying to like be attractive to him, be relatable to him. Yeah. Making yourself more fishy. Yeah. Same winter. <laughs> uh, so now we have a dramatic reading. Will you stay here for an evening's rest? Winter said. Her sentence cut off sharply, as if she had been about to call him Admiral. No! Ekbar said, holding the baby against him with flipper hands. I can't! No one must suspect that I have come here, and if I delay too long, they will realize I have not gone directly to Kalabari. Winter hesitated, and then spoke in a voice that seemed less able to conceal emotion than it normally did. Akbar, you know I have greatest respect for your... abilities. It would honor me if you would stay here with me instead of going into hiding on your homework. Akbar looked at the human woman and felt a surge of emotion well up inside him. Winter's mere suggestion had been powerful enough to strip away layers of guilt and shame, with which he had buried himself. When he did not answer immediately, she pushed further. I'm all alone here, and I could use your help. It's lonely for the baby. And for me. Akbar finally managed to speak, avoiding Winter's gaze but giving his answer before he could change his mind. Your offer honors me, Winter, but I am not worthy! At least not at the moment. I must go to Kalamari and search for peace there. If I... I... The words caught in his throat again, and he realized he was trembling. If I find my peace, perhaps I shall return to you and the baby. Our uh, baby. I will be here waiting if you change your mind. She said, then ex- escorted him back to the hangar grotto. Oh, Akbar the hangar grotto. The hangar grotto. Akbar felt her watching him as he climbed back into the bewick. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to see you leave. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Um, he lifted the ship on its repulsor lift jets and turned to see her standing at the doorway. He flicked his running lights to signal her. Winter raised a hand and said goodbye. 
Then, with her other hand, she made Anakin's pudgy arm wave to him too. Akbar's starfighter soared into space, leaving them behind. We love a pudgy baby. I'm not religious, but praise Jesus for that. <laughs> Akbar's starfighter soared into space, if you know what I mean. <laughs> praise Waru for that interaction. It's, praise it's just, Waru. Oh, thank Winter is, has so much emotion about Akbar that doesn't make any sense unless they're in love. Like, it truly... Th- yeah. th- these are like, not Winter colleagues. doesn't show emotion. These are not just right. friends. Akbar doesn't the fact distinguish she is keeping, between like, humans. <laughs> like, she's like, I, I mean, we, yep, definitely not just me. Right, like, come I stay here with the baby and also me. <laughs> I'm lonely I really and uh, so the baby needs you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Winter, we get it. <laughs> uh, Chirpfin is on Coruscant, trying Fuck his you, best Chirpfin. not to be a fucking traitor, but he can't help it. Look, he literally he does. doesn't have a choice, okay? <laughs> he really doesn't. I still hate him, but he goes down to the dispatching and receiving room and codes a secret message with the info from the secret tracker on Akbar's borrowed wing in a coffin-sized container. Wait, I told him this was coffin-sized. I thought it was. I thought it was like one of those little. I thought it was like one of those little tubes that they send up the vacuum tubes. He was just throwing it into space. (laughs) Full coffin size. I mean, they didn't say what species it was a coffin. So maybe well, yes. Kawaki and Mucky Lizard coffin size. I also there. Other things that are that size. <laughs> like, why, do they, <laughs> why do we? Why does it have to be a coffin? <laughs> yeah, yeah it should it's, be a, it's a uh, metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> oh boy! It was uh, exactly the size as my ex-wife's coffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's exactly the size of Turpin's future coffin. Um, (laughs) uh, He uses Akbar's personal diplomatic security code to bypass any check or tariff points. As he he sends it off, Turpin does try to grab the canister, but can't hold on to it. It's programmed with five different routes, and the location of Anakin Solo will be given to Ambassador Freeman. I'm honestly impressed that his plan paid off so quickly. Like... Right. Hate him, hate him, terrible. But he told like the the fucking imperial guy. He was like, "Don't worry, I've got a plan that will eventually figure it out, and it's, it's all good." And then like immediately it pays off. Like, damn, wish I saw returns on my work that fast. Right, it'd be so much easier. <laughs> anyway, Han and Kip are saying goodbye outside of Han's quarters. They are both emotional, trying to hide the tears in their eyes. It's actually very sweet. <laughs> Really sweet. He's an idiot, but he's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. Han gives Kip a gift, a flowing black cape that glittered with subliminal reflective thread as if it had been woven out of a clear starry night. Hell yes. I gotta say, that's fucking cool, but it's also incredibly fucking gay. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) That is a gay cape. Well, Han originally got it from Lando. So. Oh, that explains a lot, yeah. <laughs> I like that Lando gave that to Han, like, yeah, Han's gonna wear this. That was his consolation prize for losing the Falcon. <laughs> his his chaos cape, Han. At least give me your gayest cape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Han originally got it from Lando, but wants Kip to have something nice. He deserves it. No, Han is just offloading a thing that he's never going to wear. True. <laughs> uh, Kip refuses Han's offer to walk him down to the hangar, which has Han relieved. But after he's gone, Han decides to go get a drink, rather return to an empty bed, because the kids are asleep and 3PO is babysitting. And of course, his wife is working. Han ends up back at the lounge where he had lost the Falcon to Lando. Great. There's I'm an confused how got there, like, because at that loud, she was, wasn't he still up near the snow? No, they had come back, yeah. Okay, fuck, I have no idea what's going on in these books. I mean, I do, um, I do have plenty of idea what's going on in these books. I just have a bad like, geography. I'm like, I got a lot of show notes that you can read. Yeah, no, I just have a real... That might just be the aphantasia. I don't... Actually, you know what, I think that probably is the aphantasia, is I could not picture what was happening there. Yeah. Um, but the important thing is that there's an Ithorian senator eating a leaf. Yes. Like, that's Hell what you yeah. need to picture. A ferny snack, <laughs> humming along to music. 
great vibes. And uh, atonal music. Uh, it was it was pointed out and also just like the Ithorian senator is like not just about to eat a ferny snack but is just like absolutely giddy about the fact that he's about to eat a ferny snack because Ithorians love their freaking vegan meals <laughs> good for them good for them same energy as when I order pancakes at a cafe yes exactly <laughs> you should see how excited I get about pancakes at a cafe great vibes <laughs> Oh, the the Denny's uh, at like 8 a.m. on the last day of celebration. Like, I'm excited about anything at that point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm ready. Uh, Han is lost in thought, reviewing how he got here from being a a spice trader for Jabba and also a general. It just doesn't seem real, despite still doing important things in life. Lando surprises him with a fruity cocktail and sits down, remarking that when Han won the Falcon from him, Lando didn't spend years pouting and giving him the silent treatment. Although most of those years, Han was busy smuggling, and the next time they saw each other was on Cloud City. So, <laughs> yeah, a bit awkward. <laughs> Lando, when I won the or when you won the Falcon from me, I didn't spend years pouting, and also didn't. Failed to disclose the fact that my wife needed me right away and that the Falcon was my only ride to get to her. You fucking idiot, Hansel. <laughs> fucking idiot. Also, God. I don't care. Like, do you want it back? Do you, like, have you seen her yet? Would you like to go now? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Why are you still here? Do you, did you fucking walk to this bar? Like, what's going on, man? Yeah. Uh, Lando offers Han a deal that the two of them go check in on Castle God. And if they find the Lady Luck, Han can have the Falcon back. And then they shake on it. Yeah, ha- Lando perfectly manipulated him there. Lando knows. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was yeah. perfect. Good work. Good work, Lando. It's very funny how in these Star Wars books, only one character at a time seems to be in possession of a brain cell, and it just kind of ping-pongs between them. It's never Luke. It's never <laughs> Luke, yeah. No, like I see, it feels like <laughs> out of every chapter, uh, he rolls some dice to fucking decide who's going insane in that particular like chapter. Like eight-sided dice. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how he decides who is going to be completely unhinged. Luke left his brain cell in a moisture evaporator at the age of 13 and then could never remember which one it was in, so... <laughs> it might <laughs> well, still so be there. Evaporated, oh, well! <laughs> and, uh, and now uh, that farm got burned down by stormtroopers, yeah. so he's never getting yeah. it back. Rip, rip to Luke's brain cell. A pretty lady calls out to Han. It's Marjade! Lando tries to continuously charm her and she pointedly ignores him, but Lando does not take it personally. I kind of forgot Mara Jade was around in this time period. Same. Oh, like, she's, oh it's Mara Jade. Mara Jade had already been inter- introduced in this time period. She's uh, extremely introduced. I was like, oh, it's Mara Jade. How many words until we sexualize her? Not uh, like, many. Not like four. literally zero. Uh, but her, quick. Her and Luke aren't together. Uh, quick backstory. <laughs> Mara was the Emperor's hand. She blamed Luke after the Emperor died and tried to kill Luke a bunch. But then Luke convinced her that the dark side is bad, actually. <laughs> and since Talon Card retired, Mara has become something of a leader in a coalition of smugglers who originally fought against Thrawn, but now just kind of stick together. So this is why you should unionize. Um, she's here. I to- like that glow up from being the Emperor's hand to being union. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She's doing really well for herself. She's there to tell Han that Admiral Dalla has been trying to hire smugglers to become spies and saboteurs. Some have taken the offers, but Mara predicts that there won't be many of them as they don't care for Dalla after she destroyed so many of the smugglers fleet at the Maw. <laughs> Even <laughs> yeah. if... Even if Morth Duel was a bug pervert, a smuggler is still better than an Imperial. <laughs> yeah, one way to not make pe- to make people not like you is to kill a bunch of them. Kill a bunch of their bros, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kill their bros, destroy the ships, you know, that's a good start to a solid relationship. Though I say that, Mara tried to kill Luke a bunch of times and it worked out, so you know. Yeah, but Luke's a simp. Luke's so. such a fucking simp. <laughs> I haven't even seen so him interact with her yet, and I know he's a simp. Oh, Luke know. fell in love with a computer. His standards I mean, are all high. Okay, look, I cannot <laughs> judge him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Mara also has to tell them that the Republic communications base and the settlement were burned to the ground two days ago. <laughs> I feel like the New no, Republic should be more aware of that. They should be. <laughs> no survivors. Han is furious. Uh, 
Sorry to have to be the one to tell you this, but... (laughs) This happened several days ago. (laughs) Yeah, turns out you people are fucking useless. But also, I can't believe I'm the one telling you this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Instead of staying on Coruscant... (laughs) Why is it (laughs) (laughs) What was in my notes? Uh... On well, Lando. On Lando. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Mara's headed to Luke's academy to at least learn how to protect herself with her own force powers. Han is surprised because she very recently hated Luke, but Mara softens and smiles, saying they reconciled their differences and negotiated a truce. Does that mean they just made out? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Han... Han leaves instead of listening to Lando fantasize about. Me. I love that Lando just stands there continue, <laughs> continuing to fantasize while Han's like, I'm everybody. Married. Everybody's left. Lando, Lando's just looking out of the window, drinking his fruity cocktail. He's fucking being narrating like, it to himself. We would have two point three children, and <laughs> we would have a summer home on Naboo. And <laughs> we'll have matching capes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Leia is just trying to fucking have dinner with her family for once, <laughs> uh, but is is interrupted by a summons from Mon Mothra. Leia knew that what she was getting into by following in her real father, Senator Bail Organa's <laughs> footsteps, but Han and the kids waited to have dinner with her and got out the nice stolen china from the Empire and Han put on music by one of her favorite Alderani composers. So, like, please, my mom. Please just let her have this. One please night, let her have this. One dinner, please. <laughs> Han's trying so hard to be a good husband. He's trying so He's like, I'm a stay-at-home dad now. I'm going to do right. my best. I mean, Han is successfully being a good husband. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 3PO is trying out a new gourmet programming in the food synthesizers. And the plate of grazier roulade accompanied by skewers of spiced tubers and sweet marbleberry fritters looks pretty fine. I want, I don't I care want about the, the grazier roulade or whatever that is, but I want those spiced tubers and I want those fritters. I want them fritters. I want them fritters so bad. And Jason and Jaina don't agree, but 3PO tells them they have to at least try the food. You gotta have one, one bite. bite. You gotta have, have one, one bite, bite before you say you don't like it. I love the progression from uh, C-3PO and Han's relationship in the original trilogy to them essentially co-parenting. They're co-parenting! Co-parenting! <laughs> it's true, though. They really do just kind of hand off the kids. Like, 3PO gives the ripple baths, and then Han comes and reads the story. <laughs> like, I want to, I wanna like, go to the scene in The Falcon and Empire Strikes Back, because after there's a scene where Han, when Han and Leia first kiss in The Falcon, and I want to, like, hit pause right before they kiss, and, like, pull Han out and be like, hey, buddy, you can go ahead and go through with this kiss, but just so you know, 10 years from now, that droid right there, that's going to be your co-parent for these kids if you go down this path. Just, just, just let you know. Just, yeah, just let so you gonna, know. They're going to have three kids. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Just go evil. <laughs> also, two of them are going to die. So. Jesus Christ. Good and the third one will be removed from us by Disney. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> It's all gonna work Chewy, out. Run, run! <laughs> Don't let not even get started on Chewy. Uh, the twins are <laughs> precocious and smart, and also can probably use the Force better than they let on, because Han often finds mysterious changes around the apartment, like unlocked cabinets he knew he fastened, and things pulled down from high shelves that were played with. 3PO insists it was poltergeists that had messed with the food synthesizer. I like that 3PO believes in ghosts. That makes me very happy. I, I like, I like the idea that kids with force powers is the equivalent of having ghosts. It is, that was though. my first thought, too. I was like, no, Han, that's not your kids. You just have ghosts. And 3PO was like, it's ghosts. And I was like, see? No, it's not. 3PO, I promise you, it's just the kids. <laughs> Something I always wonder in Star Wars is like, Luke and Leia clearly strong in the force luke is very strong in the force blah 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 mm-hmm. and leia's kids are extremely strong in the force and like right from off the bat they're using force powers and shit why the fuck didn't luke do that why was he just messing around playing with sand when he could have been using the force like because luke's a little baby 
<laughs> I don't because he dropped his brain cell in a moisture evaporator. Okay, yeah, that's a very fair point. And I'm sure, and I'm sure with like the fear. I mean, I'm sure we'll get a bit of it into into it in Kenobi, but like the fear of having Luke found, like Baru and Owen, seem very much like would have cut that shit out the immediate as it's like soon as they saw it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and Jaina is now balancing one of her skewers on the tip of her finger and rotating it. Han and Leia are amazed, and Drepio just wants them to eat their fucking food. <laughs> The doorbell chimes and the kids start crying. Oof, same. <laughs> and Leia doesn't want to go see Mon Mothra, but Han tells her that it's okay. She's needed, but he can't hide all of his bitterness. They need couples therapy. Yeah, they do. I mean, I think most couples should have couples therapy. Yeah, true. But they Endorsed. definitely need it. Yeah. Extremely relatable. Leia uses the walk to get amped up and annoyed because she's agreed to too many things. She has her own life and needs to spend time with her family. She's going to establish some priorities and boundaries. And she's glad they're that like they're all the way at Mon Mothma's quarters because it's pretty secluded and she's gonna yell, maybe. <laughs> I love this. It's like it's so relatable the moment where you're like, I am so ready to just lay into this person, and then ready. you get met with like the one thing where you're like fuck i can't lay into you because i, of this. <laughs> I cannot be mean to you right now actually <laughs> because as soon as leia enters her quarters it is extremely obvious just how sick mon mothra is and how her whole room has been set up to try to heal her and mon looks extremely gaunt and skeletal and has been trying to hide the worst of it with makeup but the time has come for her to tell Leia everything. Is Gaunt and Skeletal different than her usual look? Yeah, I mean, yeah. She's, she has a thin, like, she doesn't have excess, like, like face roundness, but, like, she looks healthy yeah. otherwise. Okay. But, like, you know, when, like, you're, you're, it's like your skin kind of starts sagging off the tops of your cheekbones okay. and like, right. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's okay. just really yeah. hollow and like, it's, it's good. I think it doesn't help that when she talks, she sounds kind of gaunt and skeletal as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she is looking real bad. Um, but Leia's back. Leia comes back to her, their apartments when the twins are taking their evening ripple bath with 3PO. Pause. Yes. Their what now? <laughs> their evening ripple bath with 3PO. Right, that was the first book. We didn't explain that one to you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, there's bath bombs, but like they, they refer to it as like a ripple bath. Uh, but Does the kids just, got... Like, cause the water to vibrate? Like, it, it, you know, it makes... Like, have you used a bath bomb before? Like, it I just have makes... used a bath bomb, but yeah, it's I've like never that. used a ripple bath bomb. Yeah, but it, like, you know, makes colors and, okay. you know, fizzes. Uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, and um, the kid, Leia tried to bathe them once, and the kids hated how she put in the bath bombs, and Leia had a meltdown, and 3PO just handled it. Yeah, now 3PO had just bath duty. We call that a Tuesday so night in the Organa Skywalker household. It's like, she didn't put enough in, and she put it in at the wrong time, and the kids are like, fuck you. Yeah, winter lets us put in a second one. Like it winter, was, it was you raised us. Our it real mob, winter. Yeah. Someone recently gave me a bath bomb and didn't tell me it was one of the ones that had like dice in it. So then I get in a bath and sat on dice. Amazing. <laughs> so what the fuck? So relaxing. Where the fuck did these dice come from? Love a D&D a of, spa. Like a bunch of D fours. It's sharp edge D4s, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Spit on a D4. God. Fucking metal D4. Just die. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, okay, extremely important. Leia had gotten Han a Karelian fast food mascot statue because she thought it was an important piece of sculpture from Han's homeworld. <laughs> which I think it. is amazing. I'm imagining the Jollibee be just... 
<laughs> it's like a tiny bronze statue and being like this important cultural art from Corellia. It's even better because this was in response to Han getting for her a remembrance of Alderaan, like framed memorial of like, right, the like beautiful, of beautiful art. And in response, yeah. she's like, "Oh shit, I gotta get you something meaningful from your world too." Uh. <laughs> I like to think she genuinely saw it and was like, "This is important, yeah, Corellia," because she sees it everywhere. Right? It's everywhere. So she's like, "This must be important." It's kind of like when someone from Europe and someone from America are trying to exchange cultural gifts for each other. Here's an I Heart New York (laughs) t-shirt. But do you see how the heart is an apple for the big apple? (laughs) It's because it's the big apple. (laughs) Here's five pounds of potatoes with cheese on them. (laughs) Welcome to America. It's it's Um, an American cultural gift. (laughs) Here's a Twinkie that's been deep fried. Welcome to my Jesus Christ. Here's a baby and kangaroo. People, yeah. <laughs> people Excuse from me. Britain. People from Britain are just like, uh, here's some beans on toast. And we're like, okay. <laughs> don't don't no just bake beans. Do not just bake beans. They are a classic. Why would you eat, why would you eat that for breakfast? Because it's fucking delicious. Nice. Okay, uh, as, we, okay. <laughs> we don't have time to unpack all of that. Half the food Leia, you eat isn't a breakfast food either, let me be real. <laughs> Leia immediately confides in Han about how Mon Mothra, Mon Mothra is dying, how she has some sort of unknown wasting disease that not even four days in a back to tank could heal. Who among she... us? <laughs> <laughs> Who among us is not suffering from some vague wasting disease? I yeah, would I really feel love like four days in a back to tank. Yeah, Let me it would be great. Oh god, I can the really wasting is still gonna be there. Yeah, but yeah. also flush out those impurities. Does back to make you more healthy? Like, if you're already like pretty healthy, could you still like go in back to for a day and come out like superhuman, like just for fun? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So it'll like still, the rich of the Star Wars world are like having their daily they, back to they use it as a preve- and, like becoming use it as a preventative. Beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. use it as okay. a preventative. Like the regeneration spell in D anD D, you know, like if people could cast that, rich people would one hundred percent like have it cast yeah. on them. An hour and back to a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, and Mon Mothma could be dead within a month. So oof. Rip. Uh, with Mon Mothma dying and Akbar in exile, the moderate side of the council is practically gone. Leia doesn't want to risk the Republic being led by people who would aggressively pursue the Imperial remnants. They need to strengthen ties through political alliances and diplomacy. So she's going to go get Akbar. She can't let him hide and continue blaming himself. Han thinks she's as beautiful as she's ever been. So, so Leia's the centrist in this, right? Yeah. And she's like trying to get some more conservative voices to balance out the people that want to like take a little more aggressive measures to getting the fascists out of the galaxy. Well, the the fascism, the the people going after the imperial remnants are people who want to use the sun crusher. Yeah. It's ah. not necessarily a good thing that okay. they yeah. like. Gotcha. It it's- is it is not a liberal side of the council. Uh, it is a murdery side of the <laughs> council. Yeah. Fight, fight fascism with fascism. Got it. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. right, let's continue the war. Uh, and it's like, what if we didn't, though? <laughs> yeah. What if it was done instead? Right. It's like, they like for planets, they're kind of like on the border of like picking. They're, they're, they'll err on the side of, uh, we'll destroy them. Right. Instead of, let's negotiate with them and try and solve this. Yep. Yeah. So... Uh, it's bad. Okay, we don't have to cancel Leia yet. Fine. Yeah, no, it's like it's like Garm and stuff. Who's like, we need to keep the Sun Crusher. We have to crush they them. Some. Yeah, yeah. Or Santin. Hirote. Nope. Oh. nope, that's Santin. That's, that's not different. Forsk. Forsk. I don't think Forsk was on Um. Anyway, three PO interrupts, of course. <laughs> letting them know that it's time for a bedtime story. And apparently the kids cry when 3PO picks one. <laughs> so Han will do it. And he invites Leia to listen to it. Did you fucking pick this story so I'd have to read a children's story? In my yeah, also I voice? love the little Lost Africa. <laughs> God. 
With the twins snuggled in their pajamas under warm blankets, Hans sat between their small beds. Leia sat in another chair, looking longingly at her children. Which story do you want tonight, kids? Hans said. He held a story platform in front of him that would display words and animated pictures. I get to pick, Jaina said. I want to pick, Jason said. You picked last night, Jaina. It's your brother's turn. I want the little lost Bantha cub, Jaina said. My pick, Jason insisted. Little lost Bantha cub. Hans smiled. Big surprise, he muttered. Leia saw they had already called up the story on the board before the twins made their decision. He began to read. After the sandstorm that drove him from home, the little lost Bantha cub wandered alone. So he walked and he walked through the desert heat till noon when he found a Jawa sand crawler upon a sandy dune. I'm lost, <laughs> said the Bantha cub. Please help me find my herd. But the little Jawas shook their head and gave their final word. The twins leaned forward to watch the accompanying images activated by Han's voice and the scrolling words. Though they had heard the story a dozen times already, they still seemed disappointed when the Jawas refused to help. So he walked and he walked and he walked till he met a shiny droid. After walking by himself for so long, the cub was overjoyed. I am lost, said the Bantha cub. <laughs> Please help me find my herd. I'm not programmed to help you, said the droid. Don't be absurd. The droid kept walking straight ahead, not looking left or right. The Bantha cub just watched until the droid was out of sight. Leia listened as the little Bantha cub's adventures continued in an encounter with a moisture farmer and finally a huge crate dragon. The twins sat wide-eyed with suspense. I will eat you, purred the dragon. Then he lunged with snapping jaws and the little Bantha cub began to run without the slightest pause. Jason and Jaina were delighted when the Bantha cub finally found a tribe of sand people who reunited him with his parents in his herd. Leia shook her head, marveling at the fascination the children showed. After Han finished telling the story and switched off the platter in his hands, he and Leia each gave the twins a goodnight kiss and tucked them in quietly before, before quietly walking out to the hall. I wish you would let me embellish your tale with sound effects, 3PO said, walking beside them. It would be so much more realistic and enjoyable for the children. No, you'll give them nightmares. Indeed, 3PO said in a huff then moved to the kitchen area. Leia smiled and held Han's arm, hugging him. She kissed him on the cheek. You're a good daddy, Han. <laughs> he blushed, but didn't disagree with her. <laughs> Thank you, Sorry. Yeah. I'm so glad we, Heath got that we, line. We didn't assign a Leia, but as soon as I saw no. it, I was like, I got it. <laughs> that has to be you. That has to be you. <laughs> I, I got this one. Uh, <laughs> Your time to shine. We may have talked about this on a previous episode, but I love so much that Ash, your Han Solo, is just Ron Swanson. Doing <laughs> oh my Han god, Solo. it is! It is! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I, it's so good. It's That's so really good. Oh my god, it's a great voice, yeah. I love that you had to do Han Solo doing voices. <laughs> <laughs> you you worked it so well. Yeah, yeah. We could have gone really meta with this. We could have done... <laughs> <laughs> Now you you pulled that off real good. Yeah, that was great. <sighs> Kip is piloting the Sun Crusher around the gas giant Yavin with Wedge and Kwai supervising. Kip is a little attached to the ship now, but knows that this super weapon shouldn't be in the hands of anyone. And then I look. This is my comfort Sun Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. This is my emotional support Sun Crusher. This is my emotional support super weapon. God. Kip sets the autopilot, does all the technical stuff, and then floats into Wedge's strong arms, who help him into the transport. They sit and watch until the Sun Crusher can no longer be seen in the core of Yavin. Wedge gives Kip one last chance to change his mind about going to Yavin 4. He and Kwai are going to Vortex to inspect the reparation work. But Kip wants to start on his new path. Master Skywalker is waiting for him! Uh, Luke and his students are waiting at the landing pad when they arrive, excited for another to join them, but still haunted by Gantoris's mysterious and, frankly, terrifying death. Yeah, I feel like it's probably some trauma there. Yeah. We didn't see, like, getting from point A to point B, but I'm just imagining, like, that scene that we read about last time happens, and then Luke is like, 
Well, time to go welcome Kip Duran, everyone. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a line that says Luke had been waiting for a student like this to come to the academy. Listen, one, it's, so been, bad. it's been two fucking weeks. Two, we have to talk about how teachers cannot be like this. <laughs> like, Way to like fucking disparage all of your students. Right. Like, yeah, poor of- unnamed student number four over there is trying really hard. And you've subjected her to like a lot of trauma in the two right. weeks that she's been here. She nearly got blown alive. Like her her right. friend got like sizzled. Right. Come on. Corn Horn is trying his best. <laughs> no, he's no. not. Yeah. <laughs> Corn Horn is still like watching rarely. his chest hair floating in the he's water. Rarely yeah. trying oh. his best. Ah. <laughs> uh. Luke sees unshakable determination in Kip, which is apparently the most important <laughs> trait of a Jedi trainee. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Kip's ready for it. Teach me the Jedi ways. He's ready. Well, it's fucking Disney Junior show. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Junior, what a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> Leia is on a ship orbiting the Calamarian shipyards. She meets with Ambassador Sighal, who I love. Uh, they're viewing the Star Tide, the first addition to the New Republic fleet in many months because they've been cleaning up after the world devastators see Dark Empire. I remember those. Yeah, they're big boys. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson really likes the word splotchy, and it's better than slender, so I'll allow <laughs> Leia explains that she needs to talk to Akbar. Sighal says that they've respected his request for privacy and the Calamarians fully support and remain proud of him. So she better not be bringing any charges is all she's saying. Uh, But Leia clarifies that no, she's one of Akbar's biggest supporters too. She's there to bring him back. They need him. And Sighal says, in that case, we have the shuttle ready. Uh, There's a calamari egg shuttle. And if that's not a combination of all the things I love, (laughs) what is? When I read that, I was like, this is just for me. It's an egg shuttle. KJA fucking knew Meg would be reading it. KJA gets it. (laughs) (laughs) He fucking gets it. Gets it. It's a bit stormy on the ride to Foamwater City. So Leia is feeling nervous since the last storm she was in was Vortex and it was bad. Maybe a bit of trauma there. Yeah. (laughs) But they land soon enough on the top of the city that looks like a mechanical jellyfish. Baller. Fucking sick. The Quarrens had partnered with the Moncala in order to build these cities by excavating the metallic ores from the ocean crusts. They choose to remain under the sea while the Moncala worked on designing spaceships to explore the islands in space. The city is beautiful and I need to live there. And Sighal doesn't know exactly where Akbar is. However, they still have their ways of getting information. They move deeper down the levels and Sighal stops to speak with a Koran in one of their native languages. They go down to a wet dock and put on some amazing wetsuits that have a scaled kind of alive appearance, but are so comfy. I'm a little bit jealous. I'm really jealous, actually. <laughs> I would probably go swimming more often if I could have a real fucking comfy wetsuit. Right. And before they go, Sighal slaps an organism on Leia's face that acts as like a symbiotic breather. And you can also like insert a little mic in it so you can communicate, which is just fucking rad. I'm so glad uh, they evolved to match microphones. Man, ocean people are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> And then they swim out to the Calamarian Knowledge Bank, which is apparently a bed of giant mollusks. It's fucking sick. It was pretty great. Um, did I put this in here? I definitely didn't. Oh, I did then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I just want to talk about the mollusks. So we have questions, Sighal said, speaking to the giant shells. We require access to the knowledge stored here in the great collection of memories. We must know a few of the answers we seek. The top of the shell of the largest mollusk groaned open. The crack between its bivalve shells widened until a stream of golden illumination shone out, as if precious sunlight had been captured and held inside of the impenetrable shell walls. Leia couldn't say anything in her astonishment. As the shell cracked open even wider, she saw the soft, fleshy mass inside, 
swirled and curved, not just the meaty lump of a shellfish, but the contours of a brain, an enormous brain that pulsed and shone with yellow light. A sluggish pulsing sound drummed at Leia's ears through the water, and Sighal turned to her. They will answer, she said. As Leia watched, row upon row of the giant shells opened, shedding rays of warm light into the narrow crevasse and exposing the swirled lumps of other large brains. They sit, Sighal said. They wait. They listen. They know everything that happens on this planet, and they never forget. Sighal began a long ritualistic communication with the Mollusk Knowledge Bank in a slow, hypnotic language. Leia floated in place and watched, mystified and anxious. Finally, Sighal swam backwards, brushing her fl flipper hands back and forth as she drifted away. The three mollusks, the thick mollusks, mollusks closed their shells, sealing the golden light away from the shadows of the canyon. Leia had trouble seeing in the suddenly restored dimness of the depths, but the ambassador's words came crisply through the ear jack. They have told me where to find you. Man, this is sick so into this library. It's yeah. so cool. I love it so much. And it 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 combines two of my favorite things, which are brain coral and giant clam, like the <laughs> giant clams. And like, man, I fucking love some brain coral. Um, it's cool. It's so cool. <laughs> anyway, uh, a Krakana approaches them, which is a big old fish, and Leia starts to panic. But Sighal holds her onto her shoulder and tells her to remain calm. I wrote clam. <laughs> <laughs> remain clam. Tells her to remain clam. <laughs> As they float there, Sighal tells Leia which fish the Krakana is going to take. And after that, they'll be on their way. Leia is amazed when it happens exactly as she says. But Sighal just says that they must go find him. I really like Sighal. Soul gal. Soul gal. Uh, she's great. She's honestly really great. She's I, so cool. She's so cool. And I'm I miss having another like very cool calamari sense rip Jasmine Akbar Akbar. So Fuck, don't remind me bad Jasmine Akbar <laughs> so often. Whenever I think about those books, I remember her, I'm like, God damn, you really right. twisted the dagger with that one. God damn it. <laughs> So those are our chapters for this week. A lot of things catering specifically to Meg. Yeah, this is a very Meg-based uh, bunch of chapters. Funny, Luke Skywalker was barely in them. Wow! Except for Bar and Jade to show up at one point and call him a simp. <laughs> uh, speaking of catering to Meg, should we do some listener responses? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I hope some of, some of our listeners have uh, last week we asked how are you celebrating the 10 year anniversary of Satine's death in Obi-Wan's arms we answered this right yeah. we did yeah we did yeah. I couldn't tell you what my answer was but neither could I uh, ours <laughs> were all very dark because this is a pretty <laughs> dark question yeah. uh, Matthew J. Mc McKinney said I'm celebrating the 10 year anniversary of Satine's death by wallowing in an unforgiving cyclical society that rewards greed competition and selfishness just like the Duchess of Teen when she was alive and beautiful and hope for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Wow. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Matthew. <sighs> Everybody needs therapy real bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> X-Wings in History said, I'm celebrating the 10th anniversary of Satine's death by watching Attack of the Clones and imagining you and McGregor walking off set if George had tried to make him do romantic dialogue. <laughs> that's there's enough romance in that movie already there's so much there's enough romantic dialogue yeah the romantic subplot between obi-wan and, and jango fett is like more than was enough a, it was a truly. little heavy-handed honestly yeah. yeah truly but like to be fair ewan mcgregor could probably have chemistry with like a rock yeah and make yeah. it work. specifically the rock I oh, we went two different you, two two people and I went the Meg direction too. <laughs> you can go with the Danny direction. Sides, what happened there? I love Geode. We've been friends for too long. I think we might see Obi Wan have a relationship with a rock in the Obi Wan series. He's going to be like alone on Tatooine. There's not a lot of options. Yeah, yeah. Like, who else? There's is a there? lot of rocks. 
was long. Uh, <laughs> dinner leader said, I'm celebrating the 10th anniversary of the death of Duchess of, I don't know how to pronounce this. I've never seen this word in my life. Calavella? Calavella? The same way my good friends Zuckus and Forlom did, attempting to capture Han Solo and Chewbacca before crashing onto a planet full of scorpion twins. <laughs> oh, Ke- uh, Kaovala. That's that's her, like, Kaovala. the planet I think she's from. Like, like, the, Kao, like the Mandalorian Like the moon. vegetable Kale. Yeah. Yubsy said, I'm oh, celebrating the anniversary. It's a fucking nerd thing to <laughs> say. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the... and Jeff. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, of course he brought in Zuckus and Forlom into this. Like, yeah, of course. Like, like I don't know if you all know, but like those are definitely some of his glub shadows. Like, <laughs> I don't Zuckus think I knew about Forlom. those. I'm just like, yeah, how do you, like, seven degrees of separation, how can you get Forlom and Zuckus over to Satine of Mandalore? <laughs> it's can like we- how I can always find a way to fit Luke Jane into things. Yeah. <laughs> Yubsy said, I'm celebrating the anniversary of Satine's death by enjoying her most important contribution, not having Karen Travis hurt any of my darlings. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that one was tailored to Seth. <laughs> Fuck K-Trav. Get fucked. K-Trav, I'm so sorry if you're listening. No! No, I am, no, no don't apologize! She, she, she came into Star Wars fuck and fucked shit up. I don't know Halo about this question, but I trust all of you, so. Yeah. No, they're. It's bad. There's a reason both Halo and Star Wars fandom don't like her. <laughs> Great. I've heard all I need to know. Uh, Jay said, Sometimes I forget that people know the episode as the one where Satine dies because I mostly focus on the Sheev stuff later in the episode. <laughs> I guess it's a shame that she didn't arrive early enough to rescue her. Would have been a great hero moment. Okay. Does anyone besides Jay think that Sheev would come to the rescue? No. Does anybody not, besides not even Jay Sheev think himself. of that episode as the Sheev episode? <laughs> Jay literally never changed. Jay, thank you for your consistency in an, a world that's full of unknowns. Yes. Yeah. Can always, I can always Reliability is you. so valuable. That's really comforting. You can always count on trying times. <laughs> Suarez said, by watching Mulan Rouge and syncing up the scenes of both of the teens' deaths. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> It'd be hilarious, like, side by side. Right, like, they could... <laughs> My favorite thing. Was Honestly, she's like, gonna do it. I'm gonna do this it. This tweet and was like, answer this question. It's this. And one of my friends who um, does not know anything about Star Wars but knows about Mulan, Mulan Rouge was like, Satine? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And if you're Jay, you get to enjoy the finale of Mulan Rouge side by side with the Sheev scene. And- <laughs> <laughs> Both is the Sheev and Mulan Rouge. <laughs> No, the, the elephant. <laughs> I want to give a glistening therapy session to Matthew J. McKinney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. giving one to Yubsy. Thank you, Yubsy. I'm giving. I'm giving my to show on Travis. <sighs> and <laughs> this week we are asking you, what are the titles of some other children's stories in Star Wars? Bonus points if you write out the whole story so Ash can read it in their Han Solo voice. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one where it's fair for us to say I'm going to need a week for this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. This... I gotta think about that. I'll I'm do bad it. at titling I'll complain, stories. But I'll do it. <laughs> I'm terrible at titling stories. They're all like so dramatic or... I mean, I call Just give it a title my novel, and put an SP at the beginning. I call my novel Space Jumpers. Space jump Jumpers. Because they, jump, they in jump in space, yeah. Staff is yeah, going to show yeah, up with yeah. the whole novel next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am, I am most certainly not. It's just I may not have a job. <laughs> I may not have a job, but I am not writing a whole novel next week, this week. Amazing. Yeah. All right, listeners, you can hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Podron with your answers. I guess you could also write them on AO3 and tag us. Uh, there's a special category on AO3, which is about Rogue Podron. It's great. Yeah. Um, it is a uh, could... Rogue Podron made me do it, is the. Yes. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great fucking tag. Um... <laughs> Does anyone pronounce I... AO3 as just O3? Nobody no. I know. Her. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That is the sign of a serial killer, I think. <laughs> 
How <laughs> <laughs> do you know someone's evil? You talk about everything. Like, oh, you mean Al three? <laughs> and we're like, that is psychotic behavior. <laughs> Um, (laughs) we also have an email which is roguepodron at gmail.com our website is roguepodron.com you can subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron god I can't think of anything funny for that I've laughed enough times today Um, also (laughs) listen to a podcast listen to a podcast (laughs) which you're already doing on your favourite podcast you'll leave us a review on Google, not Google, on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. Give us some Spotify reviews. We want some stars on Spotify, please. We're so hungry. It's been months. Except you actually have to listen to it on Spotify to do those. So yeah, sorry about up. it. I Well, we promised people a song, and I think what I learned is that you you can't actually write a review on Spotify. You only <laughs> a rating. Oh, shit. Okay, my bad. Uh, <laughs> so, the first person to screenshot that they left us a rating of uh, on Spotify will get the song. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there we go. You gotta... I, All you have I, to do is give a rating. You don't have to I write As I continue anything. to do my favorite thing, which is promise that Ash will do shit for people. <laughs> <laughs> Twice in the last five minutes. I'm about to roll See, here. See, it's, it's nice that Ash is here, because previously it was me doing shit. <laughs> Wow! Thank you. Look, like I said, if somebody writes a review and they request I do a voice in it, I will do the voice. Yeah, um, so write that, write them reviews. Yeah, and if someone yeah. writes a review and requests that I do a voice in it, Saf will do that voice as well. Yeah, will, I will mimic Danny doing that voice. <laughs> We're going real meta. I love going it. very I love meta. Promises that I'll do things. It's great. Saf's <laughs> <laughs> best impression of Danny doing an impression amazing <laughs> this is one way people can make that happen is by leaving us an iTunes review fun yeah. update we have 639 unread emails in our gmail <laughs> <laughs> you know what still not as bad as both uh, my emails this next episode is going to be a long one we've got a lot of things to read out yeah <laughs> freedom financial net has a, has a lot to say about the last episode so <laughs> do you know how many do you know how many cold emails I get on my personal email for like startup podcast shit that's at rogue Podron, and i'm like our context stuff is like I just, got our I context just, from podcast, you I clearly didn't listen to the end of the episode i very yeah. clearly said what email address to send your emails to <laughs> i just had a really fun idea for an april fool's day podcast for next year oh, we, okay. yeah. right. is it reading our entire inbox of emails <laughs> it's it kind don't of don't say it out loud with your recording stop it <laughs> You can edit this out? Next time! No, we don't. All right. Next time! <laughs> the Jedi Academy Trilogy, book two, Dark Apprentice, chapters 16 through 20. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Okay, now let's <laughs> read. It's because we are Rogue Padron. Are you singing the Vegabus song? But it's Rogue Padron. The struggle bus is coming and Rogue Padron is on it. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, that works. Yeah, absolutely, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Saf, say your funny thing again. <laughs> <laughs>